0: This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks show number 284, recorded on September, no, September November 10th, 2016. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their name. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the average guy studios here in beautiful Bellevue, Nebraska. I wish, wish the weather would stay this way all winter. I would be okay with it. I, we know it won't. And uh, snow is coming. But of course, we publish a show with world class show notes each week out at the average Don't forget, you can join us live on our mobile app if you want to head out to homegadgetgeeks.com. We have a mobile app available for you. Big fat buttons out there. You can just push for the iPhone. You can get this. Download and available for you just on your native platforms on those phones. Love to have you do it. want to thank LastPass for their sponsorship of that. Head out to HomeGadgetGeeks.com. Of course, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. You can find this program, many other great podcasts out at the Geeks Network. All one word, thegeeksnetwork.com. Don't forget, we have a Patreon link, too. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how Amazon kind of pulled the plug on us, and many of you supported us in that way. But uh, that's gone, so you can no longer do the Amazon affiliate link. But if you want to support us, we have five, $1 and $5 options out there. Head out to the TV, Look for the Patreon link in the right-hand side or head out to the average slash support. Well, my voice is a little hoarse tonight, so I picked up a guy who has a really, really good pipes, is what we say in the business, and uh, he's a listener. And, Randy, I haven't had you. Is this the first time that you've been on Home Gadget Geeks?
1: It is. Welcome to Home Gadget Geeks. Thanks. I appreciate the invite. Yeah, no, it's good to have you.
0: I um, we, we got some stories to tell tonight, and I'm a big avid fan of your podcast, the ones I listen to that makes my regular routine. Uh, we were saying in pre-show, uh, you know, I have I listen to I Ask the Podcast Coach on Mondays, and then that usually takes me till Monday or Tuesday morning, and I'll fill in a few. I got some other podcasts. To tw- twit makes it in there with the... Windows Weekly. I listen to Rob Greenley over there at Spreaker, the Spreaker Live Show, and then Fridays you, and uh, and so I, I catch you over the weekend. You're the the one I listen to. You have two. You've got two. Do. Yeah, leaning leaning toward wisdom. So if you head out to leaningtowardwisdom.com, uh, Randy always posts a nice comic uh, out there, and uh, as well as the podcast. And Randy, what's the other what's the other podcast?
1: Grow great, Growgreat.com. It's the it's the business. It's the business-related one, and it's yeah. the longer. It's the longer of the two, I think. I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, what What do you do? What's your What's your job? How do you make I,
1: money? I am a, uh, you know, I'm am a business executive, uh, coach, and consultant. Uh, i Have been doing that for about seven years. On uh, a prior life, was a uh, you know CEO of a luxury retailing company here in Dallas for about 20 years. Prior to that, uh, CEO of a company out of Oklahoma City, doing the same thing. So consumer electronics, which is what I think is uh, is going to yeah. be a big topic tonight. So that's my roots. Yeah, and and where are you at right now? Dallas, Dallas, Fort Worth. Been down yeah. here for twenty years, twenty-seven years. Wife oh. is from Fort Worth, so homecoming for her. But
0: yeah, good for her. Dallas, good city. We we get down there from time to time. I need to finagle. Next time I'm down there, I need to finagle a way to come see you in the, yeah. in the in the yellow studio. What you? It call is it. yellow. It is what? Yellow. is it is it just did you call the wall, it that just it's the wall?
1: Wall? no the walls are yellow uh we painted the walls yellow uh it's it's it um, it's a it's a spare bedroom in the yeah. house it's home office and uh the t v show house you remember that show yeah
0: yeah yeah
1: okay his boss cuddy c u d d y i don't know i'm sitting there watching the show and i'm kind of fond of bowl colors anyway, and it's like this i don't know it's like this French's mustard yellow, and I tell my wife i said that's that's the color that 's the color I want so that 's what we did a long time ago, hence the name the yellow studio, Because, yeah, all the walls are yellow those cartoons i've got uh i've got on the walls i've got four they're glycly prints they're uh the 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 originator of Ballard Street cartoons produces these things, limited edition, and they look like oil paintings anyway, so I've got four of those and I'm surrounded by. Books, music, and cartoons. So those are those are the inspiration points inside here.
0: So it's good on you. You have a Facebook group, and every I think every Saturday morning, I think it, we get a comic, right? Yeah.
1: And, yep. and yep. Uh, I do Saturday smiles over at the website. Yeah. And there's there's usually six, half a dozen or so, and they're they're either going to be Ballard Street or Herman or a combination of the two. I was the kid in high school who I wanted to be a cartoonist or thought I did, but I didn't know anybody who you know, who does that? Nobody does no, that. How do you for, get into that business? Well, nobody does that for a living. So true story. I'm in junior high or maybe sixth grade and we had a school project and you, you had to go interview somebody that was doing what you wanted to do. And we lived in Shreveport, Louisiana. And so I, I made an appointment to see the, the paper in Shreveport had a cartoonist on staff. This is a hundred years ago, obviously. And was gracious enough to let me, so my mom takes me down there, and I sit with the guy, and he 'd been to art school with Schultz, Charles Schultz, who did peanut and I remember him telling me he said, you know he just he wasn't the he wasn't the best artist in the in the class, but he really knew people, and we all made fun of him and thought, yeah, you know he said and here we all are you know we're we 're lucky if we're working for newspapers while he 's over there printing money but uh so that that dream that dream died a pretty rapid death because other than that guy, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to do editorial stuff. And of course, this week it would probably be a great week to be an editorial oh, cartoonist. Yeah, there's there's ton. We won't spend a lot
0: of time talking <laughs> yeah, about what just happened in the no, United States. But, um, Randy, from a tech standpoint, there in the studio, you your sound is important to you, and yes. we're going to talk about music a little bit later. And you you listen to an amazing amount of music. I I have often have thoughts of like, how is it even possible that you know. As much music as you know. But real quick, from a studio standpoint, when we're thinking about the, the equipment that you're what, what have you got? Just kind of outline for me what you got from
1: a PC and a mic and a camera. Yeah. Just real quick. Uh, you know, the, the, the stuff has been here for well over uh, probably a decade because I started doing some virtual stuff like this with clients. So it had nothing to do with podcasting. Pile PR 40, um, which I've had them longer than anything in the studio. I've got two of them. It's, two, it's a two-mic studio, although I haven't really used it. So I've got that. Now, I've got all kinds of hardware. I'm a hardware guy. Uh, but I'm on a Mac. I'm on an iMac i7 uh, with the RAM maxed out. I've got, I'm going into an Apex 230, which Dave Jackson, your co-host on Saturdays, got one. Um, I've got two of those but I'm the guy who's got a Telos phone hybrid so I can take phone calls like a radio station. Yeah, you can. So, you know, How I much mean, is
0: that? If, if we were to go to something like that, um, what,
1: what would know? Just, I don't know what those are now. I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess a grand, get them? Okay. I'm going to guess. Oh, well, they've got a new one, but this yeah. was the old stand. I mean, the, the it's, it's what radio stations use. My yeah. mistake was I, I had a buddy who was a broadcast engineer and I said, you know, I want to do this. And so when I, even brought up podcasting as even a remote possibility. He said, you can go two workflows, pick the workflow that you want. You can either do recording or broadcast. I said, okay, I give. What's the difference? Broadcast, you got a button, you go, you record, you're done. Yeah, yeah, that's the one I want. I said, I don't want to go back and do a bunch of scrubbing and all the crap that you have to do. So Uh, I've got a vocal processor, so that's the preamp for the mic, and then I'm going into a TC Electronic Finalizer Express, which is really super geeky, Um, but that does a wash over everything. So Skype calls, anything, uh, this live stuff, I mean, you're hearing processing on my end, and it's always going to be the case. Uh, That's the good thing about hardware. The bad thing is Mm -hmm. it ain't cheap. Yeah. the stuff stays on 24-7. You know, my biggest problem has been interfaces. So um, I've got an iMac that I'm using. I'm all Mac. I've been all Mac since 1984. I was that guy. Dropped three grand for the very first Mac. This was, Your geek crowd will appreciate this oh, yeah. if you were you know. So had, you know, one floppy drive, no hard drive, you know. And with a dot matrix printer, the image writer. Three grand—it's unbelievable, you know. And then the SE twenty came out—a twenty, what was it? A twenty megabyte hard drive, and oh, we yeah. thought this is awesome. It's oh, all, yeah. you know, it's totally awesome. Those so, Drives were
0: hundreds of dollars. Oh yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe seven. Yeah. Early, those early drives, five yeah. hundred bucks.
1: You know, I've I've owned laptops before, PCs and stuff, but I've mm-hmm. I've been a Mac. have been a Mac guy predominant since it since it came out. So a yeah. um, couple of mixers. I've got a Yamaha consumer mixer that goes into an input on, I kind of got a broadcast, a little broadcast console, so I can, I can hook up anything to it. I could hook up an iPhone, an iPad, uh, you know, an old cassette deck. I mean, anything. So yeah, I'm, I'm wired for sound as they say. Yeah, it's good. And,
0: and you know, your current podcast, I think both of them, you, it's a mono, you know, it's a, it you're doing, um, you, did you do much edit on those? Or is that kind of live
1: to the hard drive and then so it's it's real live to the hard okay. drive, you that's know. Good. I, I'll uh yeah, I mean I, I don't I should edit more. Yeah. <laughs> but do, you I play don't.
0: Your, do you play your music? So if you listen to Leaning Toward Wisdom, you there's a music interlude, lots of music in your podcast. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's
1: done live during the recording.
0: Sometimes I'll be honest, sometimes I skip through it. So yeah. I want to hear you. I kind of skip through it. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what 30 Seconds Forward is, is yeah, good for. That's right. That's, times, right. Boom, boom, boom. that's right. And I hear Randy again. That's right. Uh, sometimes I like it. It's a great uh, – there's a lot of music discovery in your latest podcast, most recent episode. You go back to a guy, and I can't remember the name, but you remember it, who's – you can't even find his albums anymore. And I think you were saying if you want to buy them, they're like 60 or
1: 70 bucks. Yeah. So, oh, the so, latest one. Yeah, yeah. Willis Allen Ramsey was that guy's name. He's a, He's a local guy here. He's not now. He's in Colorado now, but Willis Allen Ramsey in Highland Park, which is the same neighborhood where uh, Matthew Stafford, Cal, uh, the mm-hmm. quarterback for Detroit, mm-hmm. uh, he came from Highland Park, a, a real well-to-do ritzy area. Yeah, this guy recorded one one record like in 1972, and that's it. How, how do you find that? Like, Well, I followed him when he was – I followed him back in the day. I mean, okay. back when he was even before that record. I saw him uh, – I saw him – I saw him live about the same month or two when that record came out and we had been hearing some of his stuff. I was fortunate in that I was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. So you're in a college town. You're where LSU's at and just tons and tons and tons of great music being played, but I was a music hound. I was uh, a music hound. How much listen, how much music a day?
0: I mean, if you think of terms in hours, I mean, you got to be as much music as you know, and as much music history.
1: You got to listen to a ton of music every single day. Yeah. yeah, These, 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 these earphones or others are on my head. If I'm, if I'm sitting here doing anything, I'm probably yeah. listening to music. Occasionally yeah. yeah, I'm listening to podcasts, but you know, it's, it's difficult to do that. I'll catch your, I'll catch this show on at night, uh, Thursdays. I'm, I'm fairly regular in your yeah. live crowd here. I appreciate that. Doing something and it's over on this other monitor, but, by and large, I'm yeah. I'm listening. I'm listening, to and I stay yeah. up. I stay up on it. But of course, I you know, I'm probably like anybody else in your in your crowd that that likes music. You kind of harken back to the stuff that you kind of grew up with.
0: Yeah, it's I'm I'm always astounded at the just the as I listen to your podcast and all the different variety there. It's not you know I'm kind of stuck in boston journey and corner right that's kind of if i go to the 80s right, right. maybe a little van halen you yeah, know, yeah. Time. def leppard if it if it if it's matching <laughs> so kind of stuck in that that was junior yeah. high high school for me right and right the other thing with your with your podcast you tell a ton of stories like they were yesterday do you how do you have you always had the kind of memory where you can just harken back i mean i was listening to the most recent episode here uh on the way home um or so or maybe it's even this week and i guess i can't even remember when i listened to your podcast much less what happened in 1972 and you'll on your on your podcast just yeah in october of 72 and i was here and i got that can you do that for everything i mean is that the kind of memory no
1: you know i think it's you sat down with enough old people to know and i guess it's and i used to be amazed at it too. well i'm still amazed when i sit down with people that are significantly older than I am which is not very many people but you know it's like they can remember long-term memory is really good short-term can't remember what you ate yesterday yesterday you know, yeah kind of a thing yeah. I don't know I mean for some of it, it well no an awful lot of it for me is just music related you know because I've listened to so much music and kept up with music forever uh you know you, you just I don't know I don't
0: it, know. Does it help does that mem does that music trigger a memory
1: of a oh, place sure. and
0: a time I mean, maybe oh, that's yeah. it yeah
1: oh yeah 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 i've I've told my son forever, you know, my son, my oldest, he was born in nineteen eighty uh he still wishes that he had been born in nineteen forty six and I'm like what? I don't know. He says I was born too late. I should have been born in 46. I said, I, I wasn't even born in 46. But anyway, he's kind of an old so too. But I, I told him, I said, you know, 1974 was a great year for music for me. But, you know, a lot of my favorite music came out that year. It was so, high school in the 70s for you? Yeah, I, was, I would have been class of 75, but I graduated early. I graduated in December of 74. So... Yeah, that and that yeah. may have something to do with it. I think it. it
0: is. I think that 14 to 18 is yeah. so impressionable in the music that's happening. For me that would have been 80 to 86. Let's yeah. say 82 to 86. Right. And so that's why, you know, think about the bands and and sure. those sure. 80s, you know, the, the, those groups. I think they I hear them. I mean, I can hear a Journey song and I can tell you where I was driving in San Jose like when that thing came on the radio, you know, sure. it's interesting. Uh, how do you, do you still have all original vinyl? Are you, have you no, ever to digital? I've got, I've got, got, no,
1: I've got, I've, I've either got it digital or I've got, I've got a ton of CDs. Uh, I'm that guy. Um, I had vinyl, you know, I was a vinyl hound for years, but I ran a company that was a subsidiary of, of a record company, a record chain. And so, I had four the nobody remembers cuz nobody remembers record stores but the record bins that you would see in stores okay so you remember Oh Tower had, Records was a big deal in California when I was yeah, I had four I had four record bins full like you would see in a store they were store fixtures I had four of them filled all the top and then even underneath and probably had I don't know probably had close to 5000 uh LPs and when I moved here to Dallas, I was in Oklahoma City. When I moved here, I gave the whole collection away to my right-hand guy who was a vinyl hound. I just wasn't going to move those things. I'd already gotten rid of a turntable. The only thing that irks me is when John Lennon got assassinated, I, uh, I, I, got, I got new copies of everything he did and everything the Beatles sealed. I didn't brush the seal because I already had them. And I gave him those. I'm like, man. You're an idiot. Isn't that you know, crazy? When you I do that kind of stuff, I didn't keep. I, I gave him everything. I remember him coming and us putting him. He rented a truck that had one of those one of those lifts on it. You know. Yeah. So Does we he still have it. You know, Did I don't know. He's in Oklahoma City, and I haven't talked to him in years. Yeah. I, if he doesn't, I'm going to be really angry. But you know, it's a, it was a lot of records. I mean, it was a yeah. whole lot of records. A lot of upkeep. I like the digital stuff in that regard, but. You know,
0: have you moved into Spotify or have have you gone subscription at all? or you still buy no. everything that? Yeah,
1: I, I do. Okay,
0: I do. I'm yeah. that guy. You know, you are that guy. That that music, you just buy it. You don't even question, do. it, right? No. Just it's like it's out. I'm going to get yeah. it. It's going to be my library. Yeah. Um, I, I am surprised. I don't hear a lot of 80s. I, you played some Bruce Hornsby, oh, maybe a year ago, I think, yeah. in one of your podcasts. I was like, oh, that, yeah. that's, that's, that's kind of my yeah. era.
1: But see, this is good feedback because I don't. You know, this is the kind of stuff that I I, I don't get. The feedback that I get is uh, I, I, here lately it's fallen into two camps. It's, it's 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 and it's not very many people like you who fast forward. You know, through the music, not not always. But and I get it because not everything's going to resonate. And some of the stuff that I play isn't stuff that I would sit here and just listen to over and over. You know, yeah. it's just. It, it fits the moment, fits yeah. the mood, maybe the lyric fits, uh, and as a listener, you can tell, i'm kind of the lyrics are the lyrics matter, at least for the show um, so and the other one is uh, is people that like to read the that like to read the notes and and I would say first and I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm probably a writer first, so I, mm. I do write it all out, and I, I can spend days and days you know, going through it. Um, I, I kind of do probably sort of read it. Not really. I hope it doesn't come across that no, way. No, not at all. I the don't good think so. the no, good I thing. Is, the good thing is I write like I speak. So yeah. that kind of helps. But I get an awful lot of feedback, people that just that like to read the blog post. And I'm like, that's just so discouraging. <laughs>
0: <laughs> There's a lot of words there. I mean, so, this isn't yeah. in the era of show notes being links to a few things and right. you spit it out. I mean, I'm guilty of that. If you've ever, yeah. I always say world-class show notes. We, that's a joke, by the way. Right? right. right. Like I, I, We started that, actually, Andrew, ba- way back in the day when, when Andrew Morris used to podcast with, Andrew was doing the show notes for a while and he made them really good. And there was lots of information. He spent some time. I don't, I don't. I, that's But yeah. your show notes in there. I mean, that's a little bit of a work of art,
1: I think. Well, I mean, but mine are hard. done, again, and mine are done beforehand. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm that guy. I would rather put in the work at the front end than do it after the fact, which is why I don't like to edit. I would just rather, okay, let's, let's get clear on wh- where I'm going. What am I going to, the music is probably one of the tougher things, you know, because I do try to make the music somewhat integrated, whatever the show is. And at that point, and I can sit there and debate too stinking long over okay, where am I going to insert this? You know, this music. I don't want to. I don't want to have it hit too frequently, but I don't want there to be. I want the gaps to be kind of somewhat equidistant, if I can. I probably am trying to put too much music in because it's 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 going to be ten or eleven tracks nearly yeah. every show. Yeah. You know, yeah. so it's, a, it's a lot of music. If
0: you like that genre, if you like that, and it's not really, if you like that style of listening, I mean, I just encourage you in between the music is it's life stuff. And for me, you know, I listen to so much tech podcasting. It's a really nice break. Like you're my, you're my one non-tech podcast that I listen to every week. I'm your virtual therapist. Brings you exactly, brings a little sanity back to my life. Uh, by Friday, I kind of need that to just kind of recenter a little bit and just hear what you have to say. Some really great stuff, Randy. I just, let me encourage you. Thanks,
1: I appreciate it. It started, listen, it's just a passion project. Uh, I I put my first audio online. My first MP3 went online in 1997 and uh, leaning toward wisdom. I was thinking about this. It it probably is older than the other one. I'm on episode 4,000 something and no, I don't have 4,000 episodes. It's the fourth iteration. I have pivoted four times so uh, it's kind of a numbering gimmick. Uh, it just started out, my, my kids are, uh, my son was born in 80. Uh, my daughter was born a couple of years after. And so I got grown kids and I got five grandkids. And it started out as just some stuff I wanted to lay down and I thought, okay, you know, when I'm dead, they'll listen. And that's probably I, when they will listen. They probably aren't listening at all no, now. No, so. Yeah, they, they got you
0: now. I it, it may have been you who got me first thinking about this idea of using technology in this way, of leaving a legacy. Yeah. And, you know, uh, I was joking before the show that my target audience here, right? White male, thirty five to fifty five, lots of disposable income. You know, we're all buying just gadgets and geeks and right. you know, dirty stuff. And we're not even thinking about it, right? That's the demographic for the for the most part. But I think it was something you said on one of the shows about uh, leaving this legacy, and really, we're leaving a digital legacy of something that can last. You know, VHS has a shelf life. Uh, Super Eight movies, if you've had them, I and mean, we we had them, we had a com- we had, we had them converted, right? DVD, even DVDs themselves have these shelf lives, right? But. Now we're on hard drive. We're moving it to the cloud. We've really got an option. We've really got, I think, a good shot you know, those things. You know, I push every single podcast I do to archive.org. Not so people will listen to it there, but so it's there. Like, mm-hmm. that's kind of, I'm, I'm kind of banking on the fact, and you said this before, of hoping your kids, when you're gone, and someday you and I will both, you know, transform yeah. ourselves into dirt, uh, it's there for them. And I think that's an important thing, leaving that legacy and and them hearing the voice. Now I've man, dude, I've created some serious content. Like, there's <laughs> yeah. literally hundreds, and it could be thousands by the time I I go of content. That maybe that's too much, but but I mean I do do you think about the future sometimes when you're creating these of thinking you know when I'm gone, my oh, yeah, kid, maybe yeah. My well, that
1: was kid. the whole cat. That was the whole catalyst for the show. I mean, I'm not you know I'm not. I don't think I'm over. I hope I'm not overthinking it you know, but yeah, for sure. It's, I mean, you think about your grandparents, forget great grandparents, because most of us, you know, we just, we might know their names. We might have some, I've got some memory. I've got some memory of great grandmothers. I have no memory of great grandfather, uh, because they were already gone, but you're like, how cool would it be for what we're doing? Had they my father turned 93 last month. You know, a World War II vet. You know, thankfully didn't see combat. Was stationed in England, uh, and the war ended uh, before he had to go fight. But you know, in the Air Force, and uh, his generation, obviously, they're they're going away, and you're like, it's a it's a lot of stories dying. You know, yeah. with these generations that are, and of course, and we we're, we're overdoing it. Probably, but yeah no, I we don't are know.
0: No, no. <laughs> we are well, it's you know. good though now it's I mean, like not how all do you sift through survive? all of it no, you know I mean, none of it not a lot of it's going to survive. I, I think we're creating a lot of digital content, and I just think you know mo- the next generation will be like, oh, this is cool and the generation after that always just deletes it. they're <laughs> like, nah, right. this is just junk right you know, let's get rid of this stuff yeah um, but it, it is I don't know and I, I, I hadn't really thought I mean I, I didn't have that thought. when I started doing this, I didn't think, Oh, I want to lay this stuff down to, for future generations. I was just like, I want to just, I want to have a podcast. I want to talk to people today. Right. But it became really, really important to me as I started thinking about, Hey, this could be, this could be something that I do. And you know, you do it and I do it too. We both podcast at work, so to speak, right? You're, you've got your business side podcast. I do all this podcasting for Gallup and that's even different. Like that's an opportunity to turn that into from a work stand to it. And um, it it's a great opportunity. What kind of feedback do you get from your business side? Is uh, is it a you know, different?
1: Yeah, for me, that is not. I, I'm I'm a really I do a poor poor job of using it for a lead generation. For me, what it does, it, my work is very individual. My work is I'm a one man band, so I'm a solopreneur. Um, you know, coaching CEOs, coaching city government leadership teams. You know, it's all very very individualized. For me, that podcast at Grow Great really just lets people vet. I mean, people can, they can click play and within probably 20 seconds figure, or, you know. (laughs) So for me, it's kind of a, I don't know. It kicks people out of the funnel that probably ought to be kicked out because if they don't like me, the chances are super high. I'm not going to like them either. So, hey, the quicker we get to a yes or a no, the better for both of us kind of a thing. That's not the ideal way to do it. I mean, I have helped some other people, you know, it's the cobbler shoe, cobbler's kids have no shoes, kind of a syndrome. You know, I can look at somebody else and tell them, okay, you can, you can really leverage your podcast and do this. And I just don't do it. I don't know why. I, I just don't use it for that. For me, it's just, let me throw as much free stuff out there and give people some sense of perspective you know, because as an older guy that's run companies for for a long, long time, I'm more often than not sitting across from somebody in their thirties, maybe early forties. I'm in my late fifties. Um, and I'm like, you know, I just, you just don't know, you don't know what you know, and you don't know how unique what you know is until you get around a room of people that don't know what you know. And that sound, that sounded way haughtier than I'm in it. But, you know, you undervalue yourself yeah. is my, is my point. I can sit across from, some young leader in their thirties and they've got way more credentials than I'll ever have, you know, all kinds of advanced degrees, super, super smart, but they don't know how to have a difficult conversation with an employee who's not meeting dress code. They're completely twisted up and completely stuck as to how to even have that conversation. And so a lot of the work is like that. So the podcast for me, so much of my work is, is probably a little bit, Personality driven, you know. If you if you hate the messenger, who cares if the message is great? So for me, the Grow Great podcast kind of helps people get some sense of who I am, and if if a CEO or an owner is like, yeah, he's kind of my my cup of tea. So that's really I should leverage it for more revenue generation, which I don't. Yeah, I, that's kind of that's kind of what I like about you, though. It's
0: not in this world of overly driven marketing you know especially in the podcasting space, we've mm-hmm. gone crazy uh, with all the different ways to market this thing. right you know when we produce a home gadget geeks, it goes out on Twitter in about eight different places, and the Soundcloud makes yeah. a flash out um, I'm not a great marketer either, I could probably do better, but it it yeah, i that's the one of the things I like is that it's just it's there take it take it or leave it you yeah. know hey, I'm yeah. this you're not starving yeah. and uh, well, I'm and, the king and, of the soft sell, man yeah. um it's, it's good i I think that's I think that's good. I think you do that you do that part well. One of the one of the things I want to chat with you about which I think is fine is interesting and we actually Dave McCabe and I thought about doing a whole podcast on this. Not like one of these but I mean like its own separate podcast. And it would be an opportunity to talk about the past stuff specialty stuff. Like hey, let's go back. So for you, you know, we go back to the early 70s and you're you're in high school, right? And mm-hmm. you you need a job. And yep. so you so you, you take this and you talk about it all the time on your show. You take this job at a at a at a
1: hi fi shop, and yeah. let's yeah, let's... You probably have to stop right there and define hi fi shop. Probably have stopped and define hi fi. It's short for high fidelity. <laughs> yeah, we don't have. And the, and, and and I've already learned that P3. you can't that you can't look at somebody who has this big question bubble over their head when you say a hi fi shop, and they're like, and you go stereo shop, and they it doesn't help. No, still don't know. No, stereo. still don't know. There used to be these storefronts where you could go and you could actually buy speakers and turntables and amplifiers and and people actually had stereo systems sitting in their in their house, you know, that played in high fidelity. Furniture. Right, it was a, well. Yeah, that, well, that's what our parents had. Yeah. That's what our parents had. That's that's not what my generation had. You know, separate components. That was the big yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, now you could have a receiver, and all a receiver was was we've got a tuner and an amplifier and a preamplifier all on one chassis. You know, it's a great thing. So, yeah, no, I, I go walk. I'm I'm a super nerd uh, when it comes to music. You know, voracious reader of Rolling Stone magazine and Melody Maker out of the UK. I kept up with all the music. I was just a music hound, big time. And so that caused me to fall in love with the gear that would reproduce it. Oddly enough, I was never the guy who was, I loved guitar and I've always owned a guitar and I know way too much about guitars except how to play one. I'm that guy. You know, I just, I don't know. I just, I wasn't a band nerd. I wasn't, that, that wasn't ideal. Yeah. Um, so I kind of fell in love with the music and uh, fell in love with the gear that – so I was the guy that – I had the – I remember in, in middle school, I had this accordion file. I would go to the hi-fi shops, and they always had these racks of literature, right? I mean, these glossy, nice – The
0: manufacturer would send, right? They'd send
1: them to yeah. stores, right? And yeah. they would put them in the front. right. Bends. Yeah. So if you wanted to take a spec sheet home of a turntable, I mean, there would be a full glossy front and back and sometimes full brochures and stuff of all this gear. And I would just, I would just take one of everything, you know, and I cataloged it all. I kept it in this accordion file alphabetically. That's how nerdy I was, dude. <laughs> this is in junior high. Uh, and so I was that kid, you know, and every night get stuff out and I'm looking at it and I'm lusting after gear that there's no way I could afford. Uh, and so I get to high school and I get my driver's license and I'm like, I, I think I could, I could sell this stuff. So I go walking into a shop. They weren't advertising for anything. I just walked in cold and said, you know, you're looking to hire. And the guy says, no, we're not looking to hire. And somehow I end up sitting in front of the owner. I don't know how, I don't remember how that even came about. He had an office way in the back. The guy had, he was a Navy vet. He had learned all of his electronic stuff in Navy, which had, at the time, and I'm sure it's still true, you know, just spectacular training in electronics. And the guy manufactured his own loudspeakers and, and whatnot. And uh, I'm sitting in front of him, and he's grilling me about gear. I'm Man, I, I know this stuff cold, Jack. I mean, this is not a problem for me. Hired me, gave me a job, uh, straight commission. Yeah, say 100% commission, right? 100% commission. Uh, you know, you didn't sell anything. You didn't make anything. And uh, yeah, that's, that's how it started. And it fell into a 30-some-odd-year career in consumer electronics. That's how it got started. How, when we think of the music, you know, because you're a music guy, when
0: we think about the way we've created it and the way we store it, we've kind of talked a little bit about that. And now we're, at, we're in the age of the MP3. You know, pre-show we were talking about, you know, what really changed hi-fi was the Walkman, I think. All of a sudden, you could, and man, I remember those first. I remember a buddy of mine got a Walkman, and they were a couple hundred bucks when they first came out. I mean, in in the eighties, that was early eighties, late seventies, early eighties. I think would probably be about when the Walkman. And man, you put those, you put those headphones on. Remember the foam? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And you'd put music in there. It was so crystal clear. And at that point, everyone went personal music now instead of public music, right? You would play these. Stereos, you know, big. When well, we had those two, uh, I hung out with a guy in high school, and, you know, to have a, a stereo rack, and the bigger the speakers, the better. Oh, yeah. Right? And, uh, I mean, and, you know, we would, we would, I'd come in in the morning, and his parents would leave early for school. And so I'd come, I'd come to his house. He had a car, so we'd, we, I'd drive with him. so I'd get there early, and he would just have the music just blaring. I mean, so loud and we just thought that was the that was the coolest thing ever. And in the 80s with that with with cassette, right? Walkman going to cassette, but eventually everything moving to MP3. Do you as a music guy, do you do you mourn the day of of high fidelity and having a full a full sound or are you okay today in MP3? I mean a lot of the music is
1: being produced that way. No way around
0: it. Are you okay with that or what what are your thoughts on that?
1: I'm okay. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, I don't I can romanticize as good as the next guy, you know, about the old days and whatnot. There, there is some technical merit, though, to high fidelity. But the average person, since this is the average guy, uh, yeah. the average guy has not heard real real true high fidelity, you know, stereo system properly set up. And, and if, they, if they did, would they care? Probably not. Just probably not it's a spectacular experience and it's very different, but people don't sit around and listen to records. You know, I mean, when I was growing up, we, we listened to records. We, we, we couldn't wait till the new record came out and we holed up in our bedrooms and listening, you know, listening to music. Now, granted, we didn't have the ability to take it with us in our ears, except in our cars. And we didn't have the ability to do that until eight tracks came and that had its own issues. Uh, you know, it was awful. That was yeah, awful. By the way. Yeah. Well, you know, and the editing was pretty horrific, you know, right in the middle of a song, you know, it's click, click goes to the next, goes to the next track. Uh, when cassettes came into cars, we thought we'd died and gone to heaven. It's like, yeah. this is great. You know, this is, this is pretty awesome. But uh, no, I don't, but I do a lot. I, I do not have today. I do not have an in-room system. It's you're looking at my system. I mean, it's, it's headphones, you know, it's uh, and and I have owned before I got rid of most everything because I just they were just I don't know, just too much money sitting around. Yeah. Uh, in fact, right now, and I, I think it's still on, but there's a mass drop. If you want a killer, killer set of headphones, there's a mass drop of a Sennheiser, it's it's a generic version or, or model of the 650, which is a $500. Six hundred dollar headphone for a buck ninety nine for one hundred ninety nine bucks that people that are into headphones should grab. Um, So with headphones now compressed music and all the MP three technology and stuff, it's uh, you know it's fine. Is it is it what the best vinyl is or what the best SACD you know super audio CDs, uh, which I don't even know if they still make. but that stuff, yeah, no, there's no comparison to it. But again, if you lined up 100 people, 99 of them wouldn't care. They would say, oh, come on, this is fine. Good, good enough, yeah,
0: yeah, right? Good yeah, enough for me. Yeah. quasi to ask in the chat room, hey, you ever attend CES? And I'll add in, when we think about, do you, do you go to any kinds of events where that's that kind of expensive, it's still being made, right? I mean, it's not, that, that stuff hasn't completely gone away.
1: No, it's a cottage, it's a cottage industry. Uh, CES used to be uh, twice a year, uh, the, the winter show in Vegas and the summer show in Chicago. And I went for uh, the better part of 30 years. So to answer your question today, no, I do not go. Been there, done that, got plenty of free t-shirts. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that we, we all went, everybody in that business went, uh, and it was very much a business kind of a show until probably the last i don 't know the last fifteen years or so it 's gotten it 's gotten way more all kinds of people go to just gawk It used to be a real working trade show I mean you went with your buying staff and you placed orders and you met with all the top brass to get advertising dollars and you know it used to be a real working the people in the business we we worked it there were always suites in uh, out, outlying hotels where the high end audio guys would set up shop because they couldn't afford a booth on the, on the floor anywhere. So they would just get suites in, you know, I'm dating myself, the Aladdin, you know, I mean, various places that were, that were not where the convention was being held and would have these sound rooms. And they still do that. You know, the high end amplifier crowd, uh, So that answers that question, but I don't know. I don't. I don't go today. If I went, I would just. I don't know. I don't care anymore. You know. I I was in that business for so long; it just doesn't matter. But video is more than you know. More than cassette or anything. Video really displaced hi-fi back in the day because by the time you get to the mid '70s, you got cable TV now. And Cable TV changed everything, and you had this little company called Sony that came around, and their televisions were sold by nearly every hi-fi shop just for additional revenue and whatnot. And then you, you know, big screen technology came, and they were horrific, but everybody oohed and awed over them. You know, if every house in the if every light in the house was turned off, you could see a picture, kind of sorta. But cable TV and people then started huddling around. You know, around the the TV more and more. Well, younger people because you had more you had more content available. You know, back when you just had three networks or, or four, uh, if if you had a PBS station in your market. But I remember sitting the, around. We we when we first got cable,
0: uh, late really late seventies. Yeah. We and and as in junior high, I had a newspaper route. Not newspaper, but uh, one of those advertising. You yep. know, the really annoying ones that we yeah, still yeah. get. As a kid, I did that. And we would sit around and watch MTV. And when it was first, I mean, this is the first year, maybe, yeah. or two of MTV. Yeah. And that was, I mean, think about that. Now we're getting our music through the television. Right? Yeah. And, and a, a completely different experience. Yeah. And that is completely morphed, right? We, we have no, I mean, I guess you could say
1: music videos have moved to YouTube. Yeah. I started saying uh, that's, now that's where they were today. Yeah, now it's, it's YouTube and Netflix. You know, I mean, it's YouTube. That's the video that my kids who are, who are in their thirties are consuming and who knows what it's going to be for my grandkids. i look at them and wonder, you know, cause I mean, now it's, if it's, if it's not on this device, they're not seeing it or hearing it. Oh, so. it's, it's, they're not, you know, from
0: a PC laptop standpoint, they care less in a lot of ways. I mean, they're, they're yeah. they buy them when they have to, or they use right. it in school when they have right, to, right. but, but you're right. It's this thing that yeah. they, that they, my daughter just lives on her.
1: Yeah. My son my son and his wife and I've got three kids ranging from five down and don't own a printer right. has to text me, email me some file. Hey, can you print this for me? I'm like, dude, you can't afford a ninety nine dollar printer. I mean, come on. You know oh, the the ink is three hundred dollars. Man, alive. i I saved and saved and saved to get one of the original HP, you know, it was three grand. You know, it's like, man, alive. I think of the technology and what we've spent. To get what we now have and it's like man a lot of course it's all been displaced with now we've got all these subscriptions that we're tethered to that we used to not be tethered to but
0: well and that's what you know I, I asked you that question Spotify right
1: as a music you know as
0: a music guy that's got to be a tough switch and to go you've you've been you've been used to keeping and organizing and cataloging this digital music library now it's just all there and and I think that's a hard transition for a lot of people I mean I think for those people who really love their music and their digital music and they were collectors of it to make that jump to a subscription where it's just there feels a little odd don't you think for you like wait a minute i could get access to every you no know, i don't know that
1: it feels odd i can tell you for me it's probably more of an album thing versus a song thing Got because i'm not a song guy i was never a bi- 45 records which you'll have to define that right. for your crowd. But they're about that big. <laughs> <laughs> a little smaller. Albums here. Yeah, played it played at forty five RPMs. Uh, you know, and it was one song on one side, one song on the other. You know, I never did that. The B side. Yeah, yeah. I B-side. never I never you know, I wanted the album. So even today, if I if I hear some new music and I hear some song, uh, I may go to iTunes and I may I may click on each each one to hear a snippet of it. And if the, you know, hey, if, if it just tips enough in their, I'm, I'll, I'm buying the whole thing. You know, I I don't know. That's probably an old album mindset. Not that not a, that an album tells the story, but kind of sorta. You know, what I mean, there's something to it. You know, to the context of this is this is the recording that these guys or these gals produced, and so well. Plus, I also think it's it's important The music's important enough to me and it's been a big enough gift that, that these guys have given to me. I'm going to support it. You know, I mean, y- you talk about it. I know with Dave of just supporting, I know we're living in a day and age of free. And I know there's all kinds of people that are ripping all kinds of stuff. I don't mean ripping off, but you know, they're, they're ripping the music from YouTube or, or from, from someplace. Uh, I don't know. You know, I'll go to YouTube and I'll, I'll play some videos and stuff. But if I like it, I'm going over to iTunes and buying it. I don't buy CDs anymore. When I had a system uh, set up, I did uh, get super geeky. I had a super audio CD player. I got a friend up in the Pacific Northwest, Dan Wright. He runs a company called Mod Wright. And I would supply Dan because I was in the business. I would supply him with CD players that he would modify and then resell. And he would put a tube output stage, and you've not heard anything that sounds like a high, 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 high-end turntable from digital until you've listened to one of these things. So I sent him one off, and I, I had I had that, and had the whole shebang. When that when I had that in play, I was not only buying CDs, I was buying super audio CDs, which aren't cheap. Uh, so I'm kind of glad to be rid of that habit, but. Uh, so now everything's everything's iTunes, um, you know, so it's a digital download for me i i have gone and i've listened to i' listen to Spotify every now and then, but i'm not at all i'm not a paid subscriber, and i don't listen religiously at all to it. I listen to music that I own by and large
0: well and we've we've moved to Amazon, so we kind of store everything yeah. on Amazon, but that you know, amazon's coming up with some different programs as well and in fact i think i subscribe to something i think i need to go in and cancel otherwise they're going to charge me a bunch of money i did a wedding you know and so i took the free trial uh, yeah, yeah. to kind of try some music right. and i better i better get in there <laughs> otherwise i think they're going to charge me 100 bucks
1: yeah uh, but it's it's um but like it, music servers or anything have you ever have you ever dabbled in any of that stuff well well, you've dabbled in media. You, you've yeah, done media, me, media server stuff. Same kind of principle. Same yeah. deal. Well, it's interesting. Uh, Brian said in the chat room, you know,
0: albums were arranged, I think, maybe not anymore, but they used to be. A, so it was a story. They were kind of arranged to be played beginning to end or or sides or music. I think of, you know, some of the early progressive rock bands, and I'm, I'm a big fan of Genesis, and yeah. some of their early albums, the – the pre you saw, that, you saw
1: that they're getting back together for a tour, didn't no, you? No, I didn't. Well, yeah. I thought Phil, I thought Phil Collins retired. I yeah, think he well,
0: retired like eight times.
1: He's back. Honest, they, well, yeah, they just announced
0: that today. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see them again. You know, the the Phil's a really good pop artist, but Michael Rutherford and Tony Banks are incredibly creative musicians. Yep. And with Peter Gabriel in the in the late seventies, they created some really interesting albums, which yeah. were stories being told from beginning to end. And even some of the Led Zeppelin and some of those, those seventies bands that, that when they would put yeah. music together, it was until we really got a, the single hit driven, I think in the eighties and maybe early nineties is the, right. the mega hit big deal. It was really kind of an album and I'm with you. I would listen. I'd put a, I had, um, I actually got a hand-me-down um, turntable for my brother when he left uh, to go in the military I got his, and I'd put a record on, and I'd play that thing over and over and over. And so much so that even today when I hear a song, I can tell you, if it's on the album, I can tell you what the next song is. Right. I can tell you what the
1: next song after right.
0: that. Is. Right. And um, because you're just conditioned to hear that. Yeah. Oh, this was that, and this was that.
1: Um, I don't know if producers do that. I mean, I, I think there was a, there was an era, the era of music that I tend to use in the show, by and large, I, I think producers probably did do that. I mean, I think there there was some, I'm not saying there's not today, but I still read a lot in music press and whatnot. I don't get a sense that there is quite as much as there maybe once was of a real thought process going into, let's make this the next track. Let's make this the next track. Yeah. But pop music changed everything, you know, yeah. because of, you know, the Lady Gaga's and the Miley Cyrus's and the, yeah. You
0: know. Although don't you feel like it's a little cyclical and that sometimes we do, we come back around, it goes real popish, and then we, we get some more kind of back to its roots and yeah, it's changed and it's different. But I, I always kind of feel like those kind of go in these cycles. You know, like, I always, I always thought if I wrote a book, I'd call it, you know, the book of cycles. Cause I think everything just cycles around, right? It probably does. Solomon said nothing new under the That's sun, right. you know, That's 2,500 right. years ago. And and I, I don't know if there's anything new. We just see different iterations
1: of the same thing. As well, then an Adele comes along and gets crazy popular, and you're thinking there is hope for mankind. <laughs> People do recognize good talent. Yeah,
0: know. no, there's some great musicians out there.
1: Oh, and, there and are. There's some awesome music. We, out.
0: we can get yeah, we can get tied up in in you know the pop in the pop movement and realize that. I think there's an undercurrent of some really great musicians in every generation who are just fabulous yeah. at what they do. And and you know for all the noise the Eagles made, Joe Walsh was an incredible musician. Oh yeah. Like, big I time. Mean, although to be honest, they probably that's probably it. when we look at the Eagles that's probably yeah, But that generation, you
1: band. know, if you if you read anything about that generation, especially the guitar players, and I assume it's probably that way with anybody that played any any instrument, but it's interesting to me that the Joe Walsh's the uh, the Keith Richards, the Eric Claptons, the Mark Knopfler's, I mean just name anybody that you think of when you think of guitar uh, of of that era, the real seasoned veteran guys and they all say the same thing. They put the record on the turntable and they they played it and they played music that's way older than them and kept trying to figure out, okay, what's he doing there? You know, and they're noodling around. They're, you can just vision these guys as as high school guys and junior high guys. You know, they're sitting in their bedrooms, hours on end, noodling around, trying to figure out, picking up the tone arm and going back and playing it over and over and over and over. And you're like, I don't know. It makes you wonder about, it makes me wonder about musicianship. The great thing about technology is you can take a, a group of guys that are all holed up, living in some hole-in-the-wall in Nashville playing folk rockish, country ish kind of stuff. And they're all just, you know, they're living on ramen noodles and soup and, uh, but they've got technology at their fingertips to be able to produce a YouTube channel. And so somebody can find them, you know, there's a, uh, there's a young man whose name escapes me. I, I do some stuff over the Facebook, uh, group. Um, you know, he's a kid out of Indiana and he goes to school. He gets out of school. He just recently moved to New York City. Uh, his name's Christian. Uh, I only think of that because of of our common friend. But uh, I say it's Christian. I may be wrong even about that. But he's just a terrific musician, you know. And so and he's on YouTube, and he's trying to get people to, you know, contribute to his Patreon thing. I probably am wrong now that I think about it. I don't think his name's Christian. He reminds me of Christian because he's he's got that geeky kind of a look, you know. Uh, No offense, Christian. But uh, Christian is a geek. He's a Uh, smart kid. Oh, he's crazy smart. Um, You know, so the technology, it's interesting to me, the technology affords these guys to, to get out there in the world it's obviously a much crowded more crowded space now than it than it ever was but the way that some of these these old guys learned learned it you know sitting around and I don't I mean you look I don't know that kids would have the patience for that you know I want to know exactly what that lick is and how he's doing it you know where these guys were sitting around trying to figure it out
0: I think some still do I think there's some musicians out there today again you know I don't think anything changes I think we got some young kids out there who are really crafting and doing some great music with what they, I mean, what's amazing to me is a musical talent that lives inside of Jimmy Fallon. Like, Oh yeah. That guy. Oh, incredible. And he's making not only music, but comedy out of it. And and it's, it's pretty incredible. You know, you said something as we think about technology, you know, music, and, and maybe again, this is one of those cyclical things where it can, it consolidates for a while. And we get a few mega musicians who, you know, control all the charts and then it, Breaks up again. Maybe technology comes in, and YouTube may have been one of these. Even though it was designed for video, <laughs> the, the YouTube um, may have been the great equalizer in a lot of ways, and being able to spread that back out again. And so, like podcasting disrupted radio, I think in a lot of ways YouTube disrupted the vi- the uh, the audio or the the music industry because now anybody can get on a platform that can be played at any time and be found in any way. And yeah, there's a lot to find. And I think this is what leads to the cyclical nature of it. we get so frustrated because there's just so much. It's like someone consolidate this and we consolidate it. And then it gets b- b- vanilla yeah. and plain and un- unoriginal and another breakout thing. Kinda, right. You know, cycle kind of happens. But I get the feeling as I've listened to you and, and observe what's going on on YouTube, man, there's a lot of very creative, very technical um, old, new school, going on on YouTube, right? Yeah, and, and there's just a ton of great stuff out there that you're just not gonna. And obscure. I mean, some of the most obscure oh, yeah. music, right? You'll ever see, yeah. uh, kind of anywhere.
1: Well, it's, you know, I mean, come on, the ju- the the Justin Bieber thing is kind of the the pivotal story, I think, for everybody. You know, of a young guy that gets gets discovered. Uh, but you know, I I'm not a country music guy per se. Progressive country, yeah, but country, mm, not so much. But six years, seven years ago, I stumbled across some kid who's up in Tennessee somewhere, not Nashville, somewhere around Chattanooga. His name's Mitch Rossell. I reach out to him. I think this was a third iteration of Leaning Toward Wisdom. And I said, you know, I, I'm just going to interview this guy because I had it in my head. I'd read Sir Ken Robinson's book, The Element. And he talked about the element, the element in terms of you're in your element. Which means for him, he defined it as kind of the intersection between your natural aptitude and your passion. So that was on my mind. I thought, here's a kid, here's a young, young guy. And he had, I found out a little bit about his story. His father got killed uh, in a drunk driving accident. And uh, back when he was in high school or something, he had gone off to college and he hadn't even picked up a guitar until he got to college. Well, he was just, I don't even think he was out of college at the time when I interviewed him. And I asked him, I said, Can, let's jump on Skype. So I talked to him for like an hour and a half. He's opening for this year. He's opening for Garth Brooks wow. in a number of of places. He moved to Nashville, went to work in some hospital, just, you know, IT or something, just trying to cobble them together, making ends meet. Plays at Tootsie's down on Music Row in Nashville for just tips and just grinding it out, grinding it out, grinding it out year after year. After, you know, finally somehow meets garth you know strikes up a friendship and the kid likes to write he really he just he really wanted to be a songwriter but he's one of those kids he picked up a guitar and it was just a a natural you know uh and he started a youtube channel that's how i found, uh you know and i'm not even really out there looking so much but of course the great thing about YouTube and all the algorithm algorithms and stuff is now you go on and you get all these recommendations based on everything else that you've looked at. So now I've got enough of that history going I guess with YouTube and I don't pretend to know how they do it, but obviously they know what you're what you're watching, what you're looking at. So now I've got I got all kinds of suggestions that come up with some of these kids, I say kids, I mean to me everybody. Uh you know these young these young people that pop up that are just like insanely talented you know but i spend a lot of time with it i mean that's yeah you know i i'm i'm into it so to each his own yeah well i, I <clears throat>
0: you're not the only one i think there is tons it, it's interesting because i've i listened to very little music as a high schooler i listened to a ton in fact at one point i kind of con- i kind of um confessed to my mom that I, I was like i think i'm a musicaholic i can't stop listening to music i just you know as high It was high school and i just I'd have a have to have it on when I do homework and I'd have it to bed and you know, some of those kinds uh some time in the military, some time away, some isolation. podcasting has changed. I, I listen now, I listen to very little music in the car, although um it's it's when I do listen to it I really do enjoy it. But it it's different for me now. I've kind of moved to the spoken word, and maybe that's the maybe that. Except for you, maybe that's what happens to old people. It's they they move from music to spoken word talk radio, right? It was a big deal, and uh and a lot of and a lot of older guys. What about what about reading? What are your reading habits I, oh, like? Oh my, they're terrible. They're they're terrible. I'm just not
1: reading. I'm just not reading anything. Yeah, because um, see, I'm still I'm still a big I'm still a big reader. Yeah. you know, big reader and music. So, you know, and th- those things haven't changed for me over time. Yeah. Tony, Tony Rainer saying only time he listens to music is on the kitchen via the echo. <laughs> right. I mean, think about, yeah.
0: think about how those devices Yeah, Tony, that's you know?
1: just sad. <laughs> <laughs> the,
0: I echo, think about- Echo is
1: great, but man alive. when that's your prime music device. Yeah. Well, how easy, I mean, we've got the, we, we've oh, got yeah. that
0: down here. Oh it's awesome. And I can get that I can get that thing fired up and and you know one of the things I've been learning to do on this device is the playlists through Prime. Yeah. And just say hey play me uh you know right. um, play me whatever, right? Whatever playlist you want, whatever genre. Boom, it's on, it's done. Yeah. That's pretty cool to be able to do that. Oh it is. It's very cool. You know, with your voice. The other bit of technology, this is a totally different thing, but it just made me think of this you know, like, I always wonder what's going on inside these devices because you can't see it, right? There's no right. visual interface for it. We just got this new, I just bought Sarah a new um, Subaru Outback. And it's got the new EyeSight up in the top, right, that yeah. helps you if you change lanes and you don't right. signal a little. It'll, it'll, it'll slow you down if you're going to run into a car. Man, I'd love to see a monitor of what it's doing while you're driving like i'd I'd love to be able to plug in there and see through the eyes of the eyesight and and then see all the things that it's doing to know that would be cool like you can't ever get that view it just does it for you right but as a geek i'd kind of want to know uh music complexity the same way now you know we use audacity and addition or whatever very very complex algorithms going on behind the scenes Mm -hmm. that we don't even know it just does it for us right and yet you know we think of. When we convert from a WAV file or whatever, a lossless file to an MP3, there's a huge algorithm that goes in and, and yeah. cuts off all the things we can't hear and it compresses right. it down into this magic. We don't see that anymore. You know, it's like when the old the old hard drives used to defrag. I don't know if you were a defrag oh, watcher. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely.
1: <laughs> absolutely. Just sit there and just stare at the blocks being worked. You know, sitting there like a like an idiot. Like a oh, doofus. Yeah. Yeah, like, exactly. It was it was almost calming. Exactly. With no yeah. clue, really, what it was doing, but no. knowing that it's doing something and it's pretty fun to watch. It could yeah. be completely false. Yeah, of but... course, listen, we sat around and watched Lava Lamps a lot, too. So. <laughs> oh, there's that. Ooh. Oh, right. There was something incredibly calming about
0: watching a hard drive being defrag. <laughs> right, you know? well, Lava
1: Lamps, too. There you go. Oh, yeah. That's, it was the, the modern-day version of the Lava lamp. Uh, oh, man. Randy, what do you,
0: what do you think about the next 10 years for you? You know, your late fifties are going into your sixties.
1: I'm pretty much ready to call it a what, day. That's <laughs> it. Oh, I'm done checking that's out. It. It. That's it. I told my wife just last week, I think I've, I think I'm past my expiration date already. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's like, yeah, expiration <laughs> yeah. dates. It's yeah. Now, I've gone a little far. I'm smelling yeah. kind of, the, the, the dad in, uh, everybody loves Raymond. You know, his deal was come on Comet, you know? I mean, that's me, man. It's come on Comet as you, know. you uh as you look ahead next ten years or so, what
0: do you hope for from a technology perspective, anything you're really hoping for anything on the horizon when you think, "Oh man i can't wait till this happens
1: no you know i mean obviously i'm I'm like everybody else we're paying attention to all the virtual reality stuff uh that stuff's that stuff's pretty pretty intriguing it's not pretty intriguing it's very intriguing uh stuff, but you know I still remember all the I remember Steve Jobs and other people you know talking about how voice recognition, but you know we're we're come on, i mean you that echo is kind of proving the power of that I mean that's not a future thing that's a now thing um you know but but the virtual reality stuff I mean, I don't know, I sit here I'm still an auditory guy, I mean, I love cartoons and stuff, and i'm I'm into that i don't know so i'm I'm visual, but yeah. the sound is still. I, I could more easily lose my vision than I could lose my hearing. I'll put it that way. You know, yeah. so well, I think I you're a
0: sensory guy, though. The fact that you, yeah, read,
1: you you still love to read
0: books, you still yeah. love to listen to music. I yeah. think you recognize, at least as I listen to your show, I think you recognize and understand and appreciate, and and whether it's in the written form, uh, because yeah. you spend a lot of time writing your show yeah. notes. I think that that's the art, like that's the art of words, and and yeah. I, I don't think in a lot of ways people. Associate the art and writing in the same in the same you know I always think about no, picture right. or a painting, but right. there's a beautiful as I look at your website over there at leaning towards wisdom, as, you, as the way of the words laid out they're, they're even laid out beautifully in a, in <laughs> a, kind of a it just looks good you know from a from nice. a reading writing standpoint. I, I always appreciated people who could kind of write well, and not necessarily there's the quality of the words that are there, but also the quality of the way it looks on the page. Yeah, that I think is appealing, right? And yeah, I think you see that also from a from a. Music it's why the scene,
1: Kindle drives me crazy. Now I love it. You you know you get on the road or something, man. You can take just gobs and gobs of books with you. But tactile, you know, tactile. Still, I don't know. Yeah. Turning a page and holding a book is still for me. But that's, hey, that's, that's, piece just, that's, just, a, that's a piece of art. That's just just. I don't know. I mean, yeah. maybe I think yeah. it is. I want to think it is, but part of it I know is just getting older, and you're just you kind of romanticize stuff. But I still like books. As you can tell from my background, uh, you know, I'm surrounded by books and always have been. I've still got gobs and gobs of books that I don't even have out, uh, you know, but I'm a guy that can remember I was looking for a book that it's 20 years old, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking I've got that somewhere, you know, and I know exactly what the cover looks like, you know, and you can't do that with digital stuff. I mean, the digital stuff, you just, you can, you just can tend to forget about it. And for me, that was a thrill with albums, but hey, I was the kid that could spend hours in a in a record store, just sitting there at the rack, thumbing Let through, me. looking at the liner notes, you know, and seeing who produced it, right? I mean, because we knew, well, hey, he produced this person that we like, and look, he produces this, and we can see who the drummer was, and we like the drummer. We've never heard of anybody else, but, you know, we would buy records just on the appearance, you know, of, of to your point, design, whatever, I mean, we would make buying decisions based on that. I'm sure people still do based on some design. I mean, come on. Apple's proving how valuable people think design is. Uh. Well, it's interesting. Will
0: people feel that same, you know, when we go to a book and we remember because we read it where it is, where that quote is, or we wrote something down and so that kind of sticks in our mind. I wonder if the next generation will see that in a digital way because I don't know if we, to us, that a file on a computer somewhere does not have the same kind of uh, uh, memory response. But I wonder if that will be different as students start from the very beginning of of that's how they learn. I wonder if that will change.
1: I don't know. I mean, question, are you you sentimental? Would you define yourself as being sentimental? I I
0: would, yeah. You feel
1: like you've always been sentimental? Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I think so. And I wonder if it's got more to do with that maybe than, you know, because I'm just kind of sentimental by wiring, anyway. You know, (laughs) yeah, because I know people of all ages that just that aren't, and so like what you've just said in some of this conversation, uh, they no way they could, no way that they could or would relate to it. So I don't, you know, I don't know. It makes me wonder if it's if it's. Listen, there's absolutely something too generational, you know, and we know it. And as bad a rap as the millennial crowd gets, and I do quite a bit of work with. People that fall in that category, and I think they've got some just terrific things on the ball. But there is a difference, and I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's so much their age because we were their age, but they're just they're in a different era. They're growing up with different stuff, and a whole different. You know, I I have a hard time believing that there's a generation of people that are spending hours and hours and hours on YouTube, and yet here I am, you know, in my late fifties, and I'm. I spend way more time on YouTube than I should now I may not be watching what they're watching. You know, they may be watching, you know, some, some hipster, you know, do some idiot street prank or something. And I'm watching music by and large. I've spent hours and hours this week, you know, Martin Offler. I don't know. I've just been watching just crap loads of Martin Offler concerts, you know, uh, it's just, I don't know. And I think that's great. We're living in an age now because, see, when I grew, when I was a kid, the only band that kind of did that kind of stuff, all the sharing of stuff was the Grateful Dead. You know, the Grateful Dead made a, they made r- super rock star living on urging their crowd, record it and bootleg the crap out of our stuff. And so you had all these deadheads yeah. going around, and they're swapping tapes and selling tapes, and the dead, are, they're like, go for it. You know, and meanwhile, they're cranking out millions and millions of dollars a year living on the road, and everybody else was in this protective mode, so they were so far ahead of the curve in in all of that. And now, you know, finally you've got people, you know, pretty much sharing everything, and there's a ton of, I mean, I paid attention to this ACDC, you know, track. You know, Axl Rose is out there, and I'm sitting there, and I watch way too much Axl Rose, who I'm not a real fan of. You know, give me Brian Johnson all day long, but I'm sitting here watching that stuff because, within two days of a show, it's up. Somebody's got it up, and they've right. got it up pretty well. Yeah. And what's amazing to me, technology-wise, is all the sewing together of people who collaborated with somebody else who's sitting clear across the arena, shooting it at the same time. And I'm like, that's a trick now. Y'all, y'all have gone to some work to tether this thing together. Uh, Ten years, who knows? You know, I, I think some of that kind of stuff. I mean, it's the power of this. I think mean, however however more powerful this thing gets, and it's hard to imagine, but I can't imagine, you know, you and I were around before this thing ever hit. So the more powerful the cameras in this thing get and the technology in this thing gets, you just think of all of the live events that are going to be captured, music or otherwise, and the, 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 the ability to share that stuff more easily, even more easily than it's shared now. I think about the social concept of it. I think about the Snapchat, you know, what's the next Snapchat going to be or what's the iteration of Snapchat going to be? Twitter, as much as I kind of like it in some aspects, you know, it's done. Um, You know, Facebook is just getting bigger and bigger. So the social aspect of the technology makes me wonder, especially like for my grandkids. So over the next 10 years, and it's probably more driven because I'm a granddad than by anything as far as my own geekdom goes. You know, I just wonder what that technology is going to look like. My kids are in school administration, and I know what a difficulty it is now in managing a high school, for instance, and the cell phone technology in a high school. So it just makes you wonder what's that going to look like? You know, what what impacts that going to have on education? Uh, what impact is that going to have in the workplace? Uh, I don't know. There's not any one looming kind of technology. I mean, virtual reality is getting all the press, you know, these days, but you know, and I don't know what that'll look like, you know. So, you got kids sitting at home, you know, goggles on, never leaving home, sitting in class, <laughs> but go, but going places they could probably never go. Oh, absolutely. When we, absolutely. You
0: know, when we think about the amazing, I mean, I, I lately I've been getting into Google Maps, and
1: yeah.
0: whenever I see something online, I immediately go to the map, I want to know where it's at, and then. Right. And I get lost and you know, I'll drill down into a street to see the way something looks at the street level. And then I'm like, Oh, what's that down the street? And so I start clicking down the street and I forget what it was a couple years, ago, not too long ago. I went someplace, I went someplace in reality where I had been virtually and I didn't put two and two together. I'm like, I, when I got there, I'm like,
1: I've seen no this
0: before." yeah, like I've seen this. Oh, I saw this on Google maps. Like, <laughs> I was at Street View, and mm-hmm. I was looking. You know, I was like, "Wow, this is," you know. And then Street View's got some ability to look back, right? You know? And so you can go back. There might be four or five pictures of the same building. You can see a building that was up. I was uh, Mike Murphy who does um, who does uh, Mike, Mur- Mike Murphy Unplugged. He, um, we were talking about. I was talking about where he lives, and I went. I went and viewed, and you could see a house that was had been there and got torn down and then rebuilt. All in Google Maps, right? Yeah. You, know, you kind of see. I went back and looked at my lawn uh, from 2011. I'm like, man, that <laughs> looks terrible. Like, and then yeah. my son's car is outside yeah. the house, and he just got in an accident. And they're capturing these time right. in geo in geo geospatial, yeah. You know, and it's it's interesting. I, I as much as we get lost in YouTube, so I, sometimes I get lost going virtually someplace I've. You know, to a place like John Denver said, right? Going to a place I've never been before. Yeah. And yet-
1: well, or, or to a place that's a place of your past, which is I've done that I've hopped down that bunny hole a bunch. You know, yeah. my wife and I lived in married housing at LSU, you know, and I'm like right across from Tiger Stadium and stuff. And so, you know, I'm looking and it's like, yeah. Made a trip yeah. down there, not, you know, it's been a few years, but my son had never seen it. So my son and his yeah. family go and I, we go and look at him like, yeah, it looks just like it did. And it it's was a, weird. It went yeah. up when we lived there.
0: You know, it, uh, Uyghur, Mike Weeger has got me hooked on. We have this um, Facebook group called Forgotten Omaha, and it's a bunch of old timers and, and folks my age. Who have, they're uploading old pictures or old newspaper articles that's or awesome. things were, right? That's hey, here's awesome. this thing from 1976, or here's a shot of North 16th Street as it looked in, you know, in 1941. And what's fun is to take those pictures and then go to Google Maps and yeah. you know, take a peel. Wow. I mean, that's really, that's really, really different. And then there's this lamenting. Uh, they just tore down the Civic Center here in Omaha, which had, was built in 1955. And, and it's, it's so funny at people's opinions on it. One guy says, oh, what a tragedy. You know, I saw Bob Seeger there, and we saw the Eagles there. And the other guy goes, man, that, was, that place always smelled like
1: piss. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's like, tear it right. down. Right. You know, it was awful. Yeah, so much for your romantic opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah it, and, and it was. Um, how
1: long have you lived there? In Omaha? Uh-huh. About 25. 25 okay. Years. okay. Yeah, we've been here a while. But so it's you fun. You've got history there.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's fun to see things go up and go down. And what do you keep? You know, and this is, we'll wrap it with this. But when you think about that, when we think about our stuff, and you mentioned this a little bit earlier, when we think about buildings, you know, what do we keep and what do we don't? What's nostalgic? You know, about the time you get ready to tear it down is when you have mm-hmm. to ask, like when you gave away your records, right? Yeah. At the time, you thought that was the right thing to do. Yeah. And yet today, you're kind of like,
1: Dang well, it was, it. The, it was, it was, I didn't have an option, you know, it was the practical thing to do. You know, I mean, I was sitting there at the time. So at, at this point, uh, CDs were around. So I had already abandoned the turntable. So I didn't even have the ability to play them. So from a practical standpoint, it just made no sense. And of course I had two elementary school, you know, my kids were in first and second grade when I came to Dallas. Right. So it was like, this is just stupid. Now, what was really stupid is I should have sold the beggars, you know, but I had a right-hand guy who I dearly loved and had been just a terrific employee uh, for me, and he was so into music, and he still had a turntable. So, yeah, I didn't, I didn't think twice about it. Like I said, those Sealed Beatles, that Sealed Beatles collection. It I thought, now. yeah, I should have, yeah. you know. I mean, because why? He, I, I gave him open copies of all of them. And every single one of them was in their own uh discwasher brand that nobody will remember. But discwasher made record cleaning products and they made these special sleeves, anti-static, special protective sleeves. Because all the sleeves, I'm not talking about the album yeah. cover, but the sleeve that the record went into was just paper. Every one of these had the disc washer, you know, sleeves. So I would really done it right and taken care of them. So... Thanks for bringing that up. Remember.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's funny. When you gave it away, great reasons to do it. And yeah. yet, then we look back on those. at that a Timex Sinclair 1000 from 1983? <laughs> I remember. Right? I remember and, those. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I thought I still had that around. I went back and looked. Oh, a couple of years ago, I went back and looked. And I, at some point in time, there's this weird dip where it's just so worthless and so in the way. You give it away and you're happy yeah. at the time. And then that comes back when you're like, oh, and I don't... I think it's at a ten or fifteen year mark, and then at the twenty to twenty-five year mark, you wish you had it back.
1: That you wish you still had it. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah, there's... but man, technology is moving so fast now. It's like even if you did have it, what would you do with it? You no, know true. What I mean, I
0: would. I I do so have a tube TV. That. Sits on the other side. I'd have to get an RFI an RF uh, converter. You st- so you still use it? The tube TV? Yeah. No, we we haven't turned it on in five. Years. <laughs>
1: It and just you, sits there, and you're and you're waiting for what? I, don't, I, I I think it's twenty bucks to get rid of it. I think that's the thing, right? Yeah, um, yeah. I've
0: got an old twenty-two inch monitor that's tube out in the garage that I. Uh, if, you could point, turn it into an
1: aquarium, didn't Pee Wee Herman in that's <laughs> true. TV show? Yeah, he had it
0: into an aquarium. Cut it out and oh uh, yeah, yeah. right. Well, and so you know, that's one of those things. Like this twenty-two inch monitor, I probably picked up. When I worked for the bank, so that would have been 15 years ago. Let's say 12 to 15 years ago. It's right at the spot right now where you kind of go, right. like, I just should get rid of that. But 25 yeah. years from now, you're kind of like, I wonder what things would look like if we fired it up on that old monitor, right? And you kind of yeah. want it yeah. again. Yeah. And you know, I got an iPod. Let's see, uh, in this, in this thing, and that thing right there, I've got an yeah. old green iPod that was my son's. Right. And. And, you know, it's just going
1: to sit there for a yeah. while.
0: And, you know, you're like right now firing that thing up. You're kind of like, eh. The <laughs> only stuff
1: that I crave is stuff that's probably uh, is, is stereo gear related yeah. because that stuff stands the test of time. You know, it's, and, and that's not a romantic view. That's a technical view. You know, I've got the last the last system that I had, the speakers, the amplifier, that that DVD or SACD player I described with the tube output stage. I wish I had that back. I got rid of that. I sold all of that stuff probably a decade. Well, no eight years ago and all of that stuff today would absolutely positively stand the test of time, but you got to have space to set it up, right? You know, and there's the rub. So listen, I think for all of us, I know that's maybe a harsh generalization, but it's probably true. I think for the average guy, you know, to hit the theme of, of your site. It, practicality comes into play at some point, I think, for all of us. You know, I mean, there Mike is, you know, they've got the new kid and welcome to the world, dude, you know.
0: I know. I know. His reality. whole
1: life has changed. He has no idea
0: yeah. how much yeah. his life has changed. Yeah, and it's like, God, we got to get this stuff out of the way. Like, it's in the way. Yeah. We just got to get it on that same rack, you know, as I got that TV. I've got a, I've got a tuner. I've got a fairly expensive tuner from 10 or 15 years ago and an equalizer that's in there. And and I keep a VHS, you know, VCR around, like, thinking, like, well, someday I might need it. Like, I might find a tape or something that I need
1: to use. I may not have all the components to be able to actually use it. I've got the VCR and a DVD burner on one side, brand new in the box, Mm -hmm. that my wife was determined. you know, she wanted me so I brought one from work and, and I've been out of the game for eight years. This thing, you know, but she thought, you know, I got all these VHS. We need to get them over to DVD. This is beggars. the yeah. box has never even been opened. It's like, how well, sad is that?
0: It's, it's what we do, Randy. And yeah. So Randy, yeah. thanks for, we, we've gone, uh, we've done our time here. Thanks for jumping in here. And, and again, I you know, uh, hope I didn't uh, bore the pants off no, everybody, but, you know, I think uh, I mentioned this and I, and I didn't get all the way to the end of the sentence. Dave and I, Dave McCabe and I were doing this podcast where you just, just, you go back, just talk about it. I think there's a, I think there's a place.
1: A reminiscing podcast. Yeah.
0: No, exactly. Uh, Yeah. To go back and, and, and yeah, I don't know, but thanks for letting me go back a little bit. I, your story is one that just has intrigued me for the longest time. You've been a great listener and a great friend uh in in virtually I you know we've never met in person but I feel like I know you from your podcast like people feel like they know me from this podcast sure. of the things that I do and it was just fun I was thinking about we were going through guests and I got to get Randy your your stories uh, always intrigue me and so thanks for thanks well, for thanks for having me I'm flattered very good it's it's fun to uh I think that's a new thing like we get to know each other through these podcasts that we make that in the '80s, '90s, we there was you know there was yeah. no way you had to actually live no. with people, right? right? You had to be in the neighborhood. And good or bad, people some some people say that's bad. We don't have these. I don't know. I have a lot of friends. A lot of them are listening right now. Where I've never, I've never, or I've maybe seen them once or twice. But I consider them to be as good of friends or know them. I mean, I know you pretty well because I listen to your podcast every week, and you tell stories about your
1: dogs. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm 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 willing to show my underwear, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, no, and it's well but how could a guy how could a guy in Dallas Fort Worth and a guy in Omaha, you know, otherwise, I mean, <laughs> where would your where would our paths cross, you know? never. So, never. Exactly. So there's yeah. that, you know, which I think is great, by the way. So No, I do too. I do too. I,
0: I, I think it's a new way, you know, here we are, and everybody's saying, you know, the loss of personal relationships because of technology. And you know, I kind of say BS to that. Because I think I have more deeper relationships with people today than I've ever had because of technology, right? I don't yeah. have well, to. well, a, a
1: broader range of no, right on of right people on. as yeah. opposed to just you know we're in this cluster of people that are just like us and yeah. Well, look at the chat room, Rennie, right? Br- yeah, hey,
0: out in Brisbane, Australia. Yeah. I know
1: Rennie pretty well. I've had him on yeah. the show, right? right. We've talked
0: to him quite a bit. Darashna's been uh, been in the in the the community. He's uh, podcasted over there at Home Server Show. I know him. Quasi's new to the community, jumping in here. Interviewed me the other day for a podcast around some of the stuff that I do at work. That's it's pretty cool. Tony, has been in the community forever. We you know we know Tony. He's moved around the country and done some crazy things with his yeah. his family and his job. Uh, you know, other Jim has been hanging out in this community for, a, for a ton yeah, of years, right. They're in the chat room. And so, you know, and there's tons of others and you think, yeah, we get together on Thursday nights and we hang out and we chat with each other. Right. That builds relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And we kick the ball around each pretty other. Pretty good ones. And yeah. if I were in, if I were in the airport in uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, DFW, and you were flying one place and I was flying another, and we ran into each other. We'd have a five minute conversation. Like we lived in the like we were catching each other out on the street. It'd be like, hey, what's going on? Oh, it's great to see you here. You know, a few things catching. Oh, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing? Oh yeah, we wouldn't we feel like, oh my God, I've got a, I got no. I listen.
1: I'll go. I'll go you better than that because I live. I live just west of Dallas Fort Worth International Airport, more toward the Fort Worth side, in in a, in a little community called Bedford. So I'm in Bedford, Texas, and uh, you know we're we're the park and fly place for for an awful lot of people in East Texas, buddies and stuff that I know that fly. You know, and it's like instead of paying. A gazillion dollars you know you could be stranded at d f w you're playing could you could and you could text me and i'd go get you and got a spare bedroom you know and i've never met you but that's and that's yeah. But you have you have met me and that's cool yeah. you know i yeah. think uh but like I said with the grow great podcast see that's what the, that's what it does for me right on the business side it does exactly the same thing yeah. so it still is a relationship builder and just you think you get to know somebody and and hopefully we've got enough wisdom about us. We can spot the people that are just kind of playing it and gaming it as opposed to those of us that, I mean, well, what are you doing this for? A little bit of affiliate money to keep the lights on. You know, I mean, it's yeah. not like you're sitting here trying to be the next millionaire. You can't fake, you know, we've done 284
0: of these. Yeah. There's some guys that listen every week that have right. made it Two, you can't fake that. No. Like no. that's, it's not fakeable.
1: That's not. No, it might have been in the pre-show that you said it, but you don't have enough discipline to fake it that many episodes anyway. (laughs) That's right. But it's it's
0: it's when we think about relationships that we're building, you can't you can't fake that. You're you're there or you're not. Right. Right. You know. Type. If you're faking
1: it that long, you need to be in Hollywood. You know, (laughs) making making money. You're pretty good if you can do it that way. Well,
0: I I think bonds of the internet has not made our relationships weaker. In some ways, I think it's made them stronger. And oh, yeah. and I can I can through Facebook I can communicate with my family and I can right. make calls. I remember calling from Germany; it was a dollar a minute. And yeah. you know, and so you hurried, you know, quick. Uh, oh, yeah. And and the other night we were calling Tim, my son, in in uh, Camp Pendleton, the Marine. And uh, so we're we're at, we've been on about twenty minutes or so, and I go, well, you know, I, I guess that's. Running so, out of stuff to talk about. That's what we all we got to say. And Tim goes, well, I've only been gone for two weeks. I mean, what do you <laughs> expect? You know? and, and it's right. crazy to think there he's in California, and we miss him, you know. But we got sure. maybe to, we talk to him often enough yeah. that we only have 20 minutes worth of material to really – and actually, we stretched it. <laughs> it was probably right. more like 10. Right. You know? But here we are, surface on the table, camera, my wife sitting next to me. Yeah, he's in that's his room. Awesome. You know, and you just think yeah. – oh, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's made us farther apart. I
1: think it's brought us closer together. Oh, there's no question. Listen, seventeen. I'm seventeen years old. My I'm now wife, she's seventeen. She's here in Fort Worth, Texas. I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I love this story. Keep going. You know. I mean, it's eleven hour drive one way, and I'm getting off work on Friday, and I'm driving all night. I'm hitting her house at six a.m. and we're. You know, we, you save up your money so you can call after eleven. Nobody remembers that. You know, the rates go down at eleven p.m you know, so that you can afford the phone call. Otherwise you're writing letters. Yeah. Licking stamps and, and doing that and do that for three years, you know, and then you look at, you know, we can FaceTime all over the stinking planet, you know, for nothing. And yeah, it's, it's that part of it's much, much better. I mean, the touch points and the number the frequency of touch points is, is insane. I mean, you and I, you know, we jumped on Skype a few times and, you know, how else are, are a guy from Dallas-Fort Worth and a guy in Omaha gonna, you know, gonna connect? I mean, you're gonna get on the phone to each other and you can see one another and, you know, and the facial expressions make a difference in the conversation for sure. So, yeah. oh no, I well, think the technology is awesome.
0: Yeah, and to go back to the very beginning, the podcast changed things because now in my car, I can listen to you and hear about your story in a disconnected way and get to know you without having to talk to you. Like I, you yeah. know, that story that you told, you, in, in one of your programs, you 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 spend a bunch of time talking yep. about those trips and driving oh, yeah. and falling asleep and oh, yeah. just brutal, you know, yeah. the, the brutal. Well, when you
1: got 11 hours in the car with all the windows down and the stereo crank, you get to listen to a lot of music, Jim. So there's, there's an awful lot of music because it's 11 hours one way and then you got 11 hours back. So there's 22 hours of music listening that you get to do in your car. That, that's where so. you got it done. So I got a bunch of it done. That's where you get it done. Well, let me. Thanks for having me.
0: Long enough. Thanks. Thanks for being on here. But hang around a little bit. We'll do a little bit afterwards. Remind everyone, of course, if uh, I love some feedback, you guys have been, uh, um, those listening, great job of giving me feedback over time. If you like it, send me a note. If you don't like it, don't send me a note. You you can send that to Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. Uh, ping me over on Twitter at Jake uh We also, just a reminder, Christians continue to take customers over at the AverageGuy.tv, um, uh, well, the AverageGuy.tv, this platform supported by Christian over at Maple Grove Partners. Randy, you're using Christian, right? For your stuff as well?
1: Both. GrowGreat.com and LeanTowardWisdom.com, both on Maple Grove. Yeah, does a great job. And of course, you get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting.
0: Great for podcasting as well. Uh, head over to MapleGrovePartners.com. Thank Roger over at WLMN Radio in Grafton, West Virginia, and I love lately. There's been some Grafton, West Virginia humor out there, which has been kind of fun from you guys. So I appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate Roger for streaming us uh, each week out there. You can also listen to uh, Home Gadget Geeks on the on the app. Don't forget about that. Sponsored by LastPass, they're big, big, big friends. And uh, actually, I think they had some pricing changes, and uh, they're even their premiums twelve bucks. So head out there uh, if you're not using LastPass. Good time to start using. Uh, remember all those passwords. Head out to homegadgetgeeks.com and with your sponsorship, and then don't forget, although I've slipped a little bit on the newsletter, Randy, that's something I've not done very well, is keep that stupid newsletter up to date. I love, I, I should love doing it more than I do. It's a struggle on the week. If you want to sign up for it, about 65 of you have, if you want to sign up for it, head out to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. I'm woefully behind. appreciate it. We're live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, out theaverageguy.tv live. got some Great interviews still coming for you over the next uh, couple, as we think about the next couple couple months. I alluded to this in the beginning of the show, and I said I, I usually schedule about 10 of these at a time. And uh, and so we've got LastPass coming up. I mentioned that. Um, actually, after Randy, Rich Hay is here next week talking all, all things Windows. And so you might want to join us for next week. Ray, we're taking Thanksgiving off. Randy, you guys hang around for Thanksgiving, or are you, you, you heading out this year? Stay home. I stay home. Kids come over. That's good. Ours too. So we'll be around, but no no podcast. And uh, then Ross Brand is on. He's uh, he's the live stream guy. We're going to talk about what's going on in the live streaming world and some of the crazy stuff he's doing. Uh, Ross is killing it. So I, it's, it's kind of fun to talk to him. He's another guy, but helping with some podcasting stuff. So Ross, uh, great work. Brian Friedlander's coming on to talk about assistive tech and... Dr. Brian will always uh, bring some interesting tech as well. then we have LastPass on the 15th, Amber and John Larson, my local friends, coming on after that. Some great shows coming up again, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, at the Average Guy TV Live. And with that, we'll say goodnight, everybody.